agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And for Jim Smalley today, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell, we're buying. G3 Grain Elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 Grain Elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. Today we learn about a major announcement regarding irrigation in the province. And we look at into the future of grain markets later this year. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agency is providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian hail adjusters are voted the best in the industry. The government of Saskatchewan has announced a generational project that will see the irrigation of up to 500,000 acres of land from Lake Diefenbaker, doubling the amount of irrigated land in the province. The project is set to start with an immediate $22.5 million investment into preliminary engineering and initial construction. Construction is expected to take around 10 years and cost $4 billion. Former Ag Minister Lyle Stewart says this project will diversify the agriculture economy substantially as more crops can now be produced. We have the opportunity to grow most most any vegetable crops that come to mind. Uh, uh, certainly uh, the ones that we, uh, uh, that, uh, we commonly consume in North America. And... Uh, 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 the, and the, the the real value to that is that uh, uh, they are high value crops for producers, but also they will attract processors that we don't have now. We have uh, substantial canola crushing. We have uh, we have we have some things where uh, that deal with the grain and the oilseed crops that we normally grow and pulse crops, but we we don't have. Uh, uh, processors that that handle um, table crops uh, like vegetables uh, uh, to any extent, and that that is where the real potential lies. Uh. The project is estimated to create 2,500 construction jobs a year over the next 10 years. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by the Salford Group. Get the best price on new Salford equipment before July 3rd. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. A market analyst says there are some storm clouds on the horizon for grain markets. FarmLink Marketing Solutions Senior Analyst Neil Townsend says Australia is expecting a larger crop late this year. He expects spring wheat prices to hover around $6.75 per bushel in the new crop year beginning August 1st. Yeah, I think like wheat, we're feeling a little bit of pressure right now, and that pressure is coming from sort of, you know, some harvest pressure from uh, winter wheat crops being harvested in the U.S. and Ukraine, a little bit of Russia and the European Union. Uh, again, I think from a Canadian perspective, what's going to dictate our prices is going to be the outcome in, you know, North Dakota, Montana, 
Minnesota and uh, obviously on the western prairies of the spring wheat crop. And what we see there right now is that there is a little bit of uh, poor conditions, particularly in North Dakota. And again, that could in, in, uh, you know enable the market to be bid up by American um, end users as they want to to do that. And then the other thing to watch for, I think, for wheat. Uh, on the negative side is just that Australia is expected to have a much bigger crop. And again, that doesn't threaten us immediately because they don't have any crop to, or, or surplus to sell right now. But as we progress uh, closer to November when they'll be harvesting all of their wheat, uh, you know, they'll be more aggressive on the sales and that will hurt Canadian opportunities, particularly in the Pacific Basin and then some other key markets like Indonesia and maybe Sri Lanka and those areas. So what's the uh, price per bushel outlook for spring? Well, you know, we're looking at uh, sort of central Saskatchewan. We've been kind of projecting like, you know, a most likely price of around six seventy five uh, a bushel for 2020-21. But I would say that that comes with uh, the caveat that there's probably like downside to that if you're not pricing at the right time, just because eventually there'll be that big Australian crop putting pressures on price. And canola price outlook? Well, canola price outlook is kind of more of the same, for sure. Like, uh, we don't see any significant change in canola. Like, we're heartened by strong demand that we've seen both domestically and for exports. So there is potential that the 2019-20 supply and demand balance might be uh, cut down a little bit in terms of the ending stocks, and that's favorable. Obviously, if we have a, you know, successful growing season and we get sort of, you know, a trend plus yield, which we've generally been getting over the last few years for canola, that will add to to the bottom line in 2020-21. But I would say that, you know, the rapeseed crop or canola crop in uh, the European Union is, is faring quite poorly. And the European Union, I mean, again, just like the U.S. and Canada and the rest of the world, I mean, you know, they're dealing with the aftermath or the ongoing presence of COVID-19. And how's the economy going to recover? One thing I will say about the European Union is they're incredibly dedicated to the environmental regulations that they put in place. And they're very dedicated to their biodiesel mandate. And with a much smaller production of or much smaller overall supply of canola or rapeseed in the European Union, they'll be reliant on imports. Ukraine also produced a little bit less. So the really the one risk for uh, Canada would be just more surplus Australian canola, uh, which might end up in the uh, European Union. But I expect that Canada to do fairly good volumes into there, which will be a benefit for the exports. And so, you know, I think we're looking at kind of an average uh, or most likely price for central Saskatchewan in the 1030 range for next year. Uh, that won't be the price all the time, but that's sort of, you know, when you, the marketing conditions are in the favor of the farmer, that's, that's the price we expect them to be able to get. And one final one, let's do pulse crops, the outlook and the price per, I guess, pound they do. Yeah, I mean, again, I think pulses have a lot of positive at the moment just because we're sort of still benefiting from the sort of pantry preparedness from uh, the COVID-19 added demand for people buying like, uh, you know, good non-perishables and also, you know, the Indian policy. Uh, India is is really, really having trouble with COVID-19. It's it's, uh, really... um, you know, wrought a lot of damage, uh, millions of, well, you know, lots of cases, probably millions. I mean, they haven't diagnosed everybody or or tested everybody. You know, a significant amount of people, unfortunately, have passed away there. And it's really kind of cut into their economic well-being. So, you know, as long as they can kind of continue the government to support people by buying more pulses for them to ensure food security, that's probably a net positive for pulses. But at some point that comes to 
to an end because, you know, either India solves the problem or India runs out of money, one of the two things, right? And uh, I think that one of the threats we have is just that, you know, maybe the last six months of the marketing year that's coming, 2020, 2021, won't be as good as the first six months. So for pulses, we probably are encouraging, you know, more of an early season uh, marketing plan and certainly uh, marketing some, uh, you know, some pulses prior to harvest a little bit more maybe than you're generally comfortable with might be a good strategy. So for, um, you know, uh, red lentils, again, we're looking at a most likely price of around 29 cents per pound. That doesn't mean the market will be there every day. It might be there very few days, but that's sort of the target price that we'd like to kind of get it done at. And for um, yellow peas, we're looking at a 750. Now, yellow peas have another thing that's probably a vulnerability and also an opportunity. And that's just, you know, we've done very good business with China over the last three or four years, particularly the last two years. Uh, if that's sustained, then, you know, yellow peas are going to have uh, good traction and good export numbers. But if the Chinese and Canadian relationship continues to deteriorate at the pace that it's deteriorating at, and they're looking for more vulnerable crops to kind of try to enact some political leverage against Canada, I would I would think that, you know, yellow peas and malt barley would be two targets that they could look at kind of pinching us with. Neil Townsend is a senior market analyst with PI Financial in Regina. Three. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. We're talking right now to Cam Dahl. He is president of Cereals Canada, based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Cam, how are you doing? I am doing well. Cam, from a cereals perspective, what does the USMCA mean for, for, I guess, the staple of the Canadian prairies? And a very important crop in eastern Canada, too, I might add. It, it is, and, and uh, the, the U.S. is one of our most important, uh, uh, most important markets. Um, it uh, and is is consistently so, uh, not only in, in terms of volume, but of course, you know that's uh, that's the the lowest um, uh, transportation cost. It's a reliable uh, uh, reliable market. We're we're always going to get paid when we we ship to the U.S. So it's it's a, a very important uh, important market, and um, you know, just as an example, we we've shipped uh, over six hundred thousand tons uh, to uh, of 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 wheat to the U.S. Uh, in uh, uh, that's just to the uh, beginning of June, and, and there's uh, uh, you know two months left in in the crop year, so uh, a very important market. And what the U.S. MCA uh, will do, or or Cosma, new NAFTA. Um, it, it will help ensure that that market stays open. Uh, the uh, U.S. really did have concerns uh, about unequal treatment under the Canada Grain Act, um, and we do have uh, have a bit of a mercurial president that that could have used that as a as a reason to block trade. And so by by changing the Canada Grain Act so that uh, Canadian farmers and U.S. farmers have equal treatment under the Act. It's, it's taking away a significant irritant on the U.S. side and uh, taking away a, a significant potential uh, reason for, for a trade barrier in one of our most important markets. Does it lead to more trade, Cam, or is it, like, when I talk to a lot of the beef people, 
the, the, on both sides of the border, I might add, and, and Mexico, it's like relief that they they kept what they already had in existence because they were they were worried they were going to lose trade. In cereals, is that kind of the same thing, or are we looking? For, is there increased opportunities in front of us? I, I it's preserved what we have, um, you know, very much, and um, uh, remove some of the irritants and, and and lock in place access to one of our most important markets. So, okay, so we can uh, we remove that yeah. irritant? Does that mean that we could possibly see more U.S. wheat coming into the Canadian market if the economics worked out? Like, obviously, the dollar exchange is a a bit of a deterrent on its own. I think that's a really big if. Um, and uh, so uh, the uh, uh, even just the exchange rate is 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 something that means that the natural flow is is south and, and not north. One of the changes uh, along these lines is that now growers are going to have to sign a declaration for all crops. Can you explain this because it's a little bit muddy and there's a lot of misconceptions out there and what people are going to be asked to do. What is going to be the change in the new crop year? So it, it's for, for Western Canadian farmers, they're not going to notice much of a change. Uh, so uh, uh, since uh, 2008, at least, I, I think uh, there was a, a declaration in place for Ellison wheat before then. But uh, since about 2008, since Colonel Visual Distinguishability was removed, um, there, there have been declarations uh, from the elevator companies that uh, they've asked producers to sign that... Uh, Focused on wheat, but but it uh, simply declared that uh, the uh, wheat that was being delivered was eligible for the class that the producer said it was. So if they said that it was delivering CWRS and and they actually were delivering a low-protein winter wheat or or something that that just happened to look like uh, CWRS, that that the company would have some, some recourse. So that uh, those kinds of declarations have been in in place for for well over over ten years now, and and that that isn't going to change very much uh, in what the uh, the declarations that producers are asked to sign now. The difference is prior to this year, it uh, that was a contractual relationship between farmers and grain companies, and now signing that declaration is something that's going to be required under the Canada Grain Act. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watchers, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather today will be mainly sunny with wind becoming southwest at 20 kilometers an hour, gusting to 40 early this afternoon afternoon and a high of 26. Clear tonight and a low of 11. Tomorrow will mix the sun and cloud with a 30% chance of thunderstorms and a high of 29, low of 14. Saturday sunny, high of 27 with a low of 15. Sunday cloudy with a chance of showers and a high of 25 and a low of 12. Monday sunny, high of 25, low of 13 and Tuesday sunny and a high of 25. The normals for this time of year, the high is about 25 degrees and the low is about 11. The sunrise, sun rose at 4.52 this morning and will set at 9.13 tonight. Around the province in Prince Albert it's 20 degrees Saskatoon it's 13, Swift Current 19, Weyburn 19 Yorkton at 25 and Moose Jaw it's sunny and 23 and in Regina it's partly cloudy and 23. Back in a moment.
details. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction to McDougall's Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. There is considerable support among Saskatchewan hog producers for a proposed cull sow slaughtering facility in Moose Jaw. BC-based Donald's Fine Foods is examining the feasibility of converting an old beef packing plant. The company already operates the Thunder Creek Pork Processing Plant in Moose Jaw. Florian Posberg is a partner with Polar Pork Farms, and he says a cull sow plant would reduce the number of animals being shipped for processing to the United States. Plants that do slaughter hogs, there's uh, a couple of smaller ones in Manitoba and uh, a number of bigger ones in the United States. They're just jam full. They can't handle the numbers that are coming to market currently. And so uh, if we, of course, had a plant here that could take care of our uh, supply, that would, particularly at this time, it'd be a great benefit. Hosberg says fewer animals going to the United States also reduces the risk of disease transmission. Just the idea of biosecurity, not having to take our trucks and trailers into areas that have things like PED and PERS and those kind of highly contagious, infectious and uh, very negatively economic diseases. You know, although we do a good job of washing and baking and doing things to the trailers for biosecurity, Obviously, if you can uh, stay close to home and keep your equipment in areas where those diseases aren't known to exist, that would be a great help. Of course, a cull sow plant would create jobs and provide product for other meat processing facilities. Plants that do slaughter hogs. From our consumer's point of view, uh, a lot of cull sows uh, end up in uh, sausage, uh, smokies and uh, wieners and all those types of products. Just having more uh, uh, supply of the meats that go into those types of food creates an extra bit of security for us. And, of course, we have plants like uh, Harvest Meats in uh, Yorkton that does a lot of processing value adding. I'm sure they're getting a lot of their uh, product that goes into their meats from outside the province and maybe even outside the country. So this really creates an opportunity to uh, supply primary products for a lot of the food that shows up on our meat shelf. The feasibility study for a proposed cull sow plant in Moose Jaw is expected to take several months. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by the Remax Crown Real Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The Saskatchewan Agriculture Ministry has developed a report on raiding pastures. Hilary Lachinsky is the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Humboldt. She provides the details. When you're in the business of raising livestock on pasture, knowing the health scores of your pastures helps you make more informed management decisions. While there is no replacement for knowing your range and how it reacts to grazing, having the numbers gives you the opportunity to look for ways to increase efficiencies or implement new beneficial management practices. 
Assessing the health of your grazing resources is important both from an environmental and economic perspective. Knowing your pasture's health score allows you to adjust your stocking rate and stocking density to ensure long-term productivity and profitability from those acres. Regular monitoring and record keeping gives you the tools you need to adapt your management practices to what you're seeing on the ground. By knowing what plants are there and how to manage them, you can optimize your stocking rates to get the most production you can off those acres without damaging the pasture. From an environmental perspective, maintaining the health of areas with perennial cover is integral for ecosystem functions such as water and nutrient cycling, as well as serving as important habitat for wildlife. Health scores on your native or tame pastures and having an understanding of what that value means in terms of pasture management helps you ensure your stand's longevity and productivity. Range health assessments look at what species are present versus what should be there, the amount of litter present, and whether they're invasive species. These indicators will result in a range health score and a rating of healthy, healthy with problems, or unhealthy. Stocking rates that have been adjusted using range health scores give you a more accurate estimate of how much forage is available on those acres, which helps you balance your forage supply with animal demand. There is funding available through the Farm Stewardship Program under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership for fencing to manage grazing on native rangelands and in riparian areas. For more information, contact the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377 or reach out to your nearest regional office. You can also find program details on our website at www.saskatchewan.ca slash cap. Hillary Lichinski is the Agro-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Humboldt. Back in a moment. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. The Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early morning trading. Viterra's prices for canola gained five cents at 4.4058. Number one red spring wheat fell 3.44 cents at 2.2195. Lentils were down one dollar and two cents to 6.1250. Oats were down three cents to 2.6116. And yellow peas were down 18 cents to 2.3889. The rest were unchanged. Durham stayed at 2.6639. Feed barley at 1.9570. Flax at 5.50. 1579 and feed wheat at 172.88. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia at 642-4180 or Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of June 30th. The market on butchered cattle is back up to pre-COVID. Yearlings were up too, but not quite where we were before the pandemic. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.80 cents to $0.90, cents, with the odd sale up to $0.95. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.80. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.70. Cents. 
And heiferettes and large heifers sold from a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Good butcher bulls sold from a dollar twenty to a dollar thirty, with the odd sale up to a dollar thirty-five. We didn't have enough steers and any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation, but we did have a few heifers. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound heifers averaged a dollar sixty-two and sold up to a dollar seventy-five. Eight hundred to nine hundred pound heifers averaged a dollar fifty-three and sold up to a dollar seventy-one. This has been Stephanie Day reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And there are no pork prices today, as yesterday was the holiday. Coming up, the resource report. Hey, this is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the resource report. Statistics Canada says the country's merchandise trade deficit narrowed to $677 million in May, down from $4.3 billion in April at the height of the COVID-19 disruptions. That was far better than the $3 billion economists on average had expected. But Benjamin Wrights of BMO Capital Market says trade flows are only at two-thirds of pre-COVID levels, leaving a long way to go in the recovery. Total exports were up 6.7% in May over April, while imports fell 3.9%, but both were down about a third from the same month last year. The Supreme Court of Canada has effectively ended the years-long battle over the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. It has refused to hear an appeal by a group of BC First Nations of a federal court of appeal ruling in February that allowed the second federal approval of the project to stand. It said the government had made a genuine effort to hear and accommodate concerns raised, but the First Nations disagreed and asked the Supreme Court to hear the case. As is customary, the court did not give reasons for its decision. And a broad-based rally on the Toronto Stock Exchange helped boost Canada's main stock index, while U.S. stock markets rose in the wake of a stronger-than-expected jobs report. The S&P TSX Composite Index was up 188 points at 15,703. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 181 points at 25,916. The S&P 500 Index was up 22 points at 3,138, while the Nasdaq Composite was up 85 points at 10,200. 239. The Canadian dollar traded for 73.52 cents US compared with 73.38 cents on Tuesday. And the August crude contract was down 7 cents at $39.75 US per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an agri news report at 345. Tomorrow morning, there's another agri news report at 645. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.